0: Hello and welcome to the week 7 edition of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows. Unfortunately, we have lost our co-host EJ, the hood Elgin, for the rest of the season. He's had to place himself on IR due to work commitments. But I'm sure you'll all be pleased to hear that standing in for EJ for now for the rest of the season is... Marcus, I used to be known as I Own Fantasy Football and I'm now back to being known as I Own Fantasy Football Henson. How are you fella? I'm good, thank you very much, yes. How was your week of fantasy this week? Why are we back to calling you the Mac Daddy of fantasy football?
1: Oh, Wayne wait, when you topple over number one seed, that, that kind of puts a little smile on your face I think.
0: Yeah, it was young Wolfie of the Spartans who you toppled this week. So, did he have anything, any choice words to say after you'd beaten him? He had a few choice words. Some we can't mention on air. Absolutely, some we can't mention on air.
1: But I think the best thing is that rejected a trade between um, one of uh, my best players and his worst players. So, I think uh, we're going to have to thank the football gods for smiling with a bit of luck on me this week. Brilliant.
0: What did you think of the rest of the week's action this week?
1: Close. Close games. I yeah. loved every minute of it. Such tight action this week.
0: Yeah, 11 of 13 games this week being settled by 10 points or less. Lots of division games as well to wet the appetite with. What caught your eye from the divisional games in particular? From
1: divisional sort of games, it has to be Redskins versus Giants.
0: I mean, the two
1: sort of big throw downs to try and see how they could split it. Oh, Redskins are going to win it. No, oh, it's back to them. And then the fumble. Ah,
0: it was just so back and forward. It was brilliant, and coming out on top, oh, our, yeah. our young boy, Eli Manning. Oh yeah,
1: of course. Always got you can always rely on Manning to sort of, you know, sort of pull off something spectacular, and thanks to of course his um, his companion uh, Senor Cruz and his little samba moves. Then um yeah, you can always see that coming off throughout the season. A little bit of Eli magic, mate.
0: And for those who haven't seen it, at the end of the game we had R G three or Robert Griffin the third, about two minutes left. To try and win the or what he thought would be win the game for the Redskins, drove down the field, scored a touchdown, hooked up with Santana Moss for yep. a score. His second of the day. His second of the day. Um, and then first play back of Scrimmage, um... second play. They had a, the cheeky oh, they a cheeky little run and then second and ten. Elo Manning goes deep to Victor Cruz, who was, for all intents and purposes, Speedy Gonzalez. It was brilliant. Just torched the Redskins secondary and, and managed to score the winning touchdown with just over a minute still left on the clock. Yeah and then and then of
1: course Redskins get the opportunity and then Santana Moss goes from hero to villain catching mm. fumbleitis yeah absolutely i mean it didn't even make sense cuz you saw him catching open space went to the extra safe i'm going to put both arms around the ball and wrap it up nice and safe and somehow <laughs> through that maximum protection
0: it just slipped right out they're bacon baking grease on that i think i think yeah when it's clearly when it's not meant to be your day And it's meant to be Manning's day. Manning's going to win, unfortunately, for everyone. That's the way it is. Yeah, some other close divisional games starting on Thursday as well with the Seahawks and the Niners. Yes. If people had said to me at the start of the season coming into week seven that the Seahawks versus 49ers match was going to be one of the games of the week, I would have laughed in their face. I mean, yes,
1: you, you would have thought this to be just a divisional drubbing by the 49ers on one of the whipping boys of the league. Of course, this year it's been totally reverse. I mean, Seahawks have come out and they, they've really sort of whipped on other people. Yes, you can talk about the... Um, the refereeing decisions over the Patriots and um, ha- having themselves have a very lucky win over the, the Carolina, um, but you and have the pack. Yeah, of course, in the Packers, it's at the same time you, you're sitting there going, I think once is lucky, three times is actually there is something there. Yeah, I don't think that is just constantly, you know, pulling something out of nothing.
0: I think you don't go through a season beating the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers just purely on luck. You have Mm. to have a good, solid team to be able to put a victory over both of those teams.
1: Absolutely. Now, the problem, of course, lying with Seattle is losses have all come divisionally. Yes. And I think that's going to hurt them later on down the line where these great victories against the Packers and the Patriots of the world aren't going to mean nothing because, of course, you want to get into the playoffs, you win in the division.
0: Yeah, especially with how strong the NFC tends to be. I mean, it's not very often that you get multiple teams from... From each division more than say two teams from each division going into the playoffs at the end of the year. So no, no absolutely. Do we think after that loss to Niners, I know it's a bit early, but Seahawks can they still maybe make a wild card spot for the playoffs? Possibly. Possibly. I mean a lot of
1: it's gonna depend on how strong I think the North and the East are gonna be. The NFC North. Yes, sorry, NFC North and NFC East. Uh, the reason being and in the South, yes, there was some this resurgence from the Saints. Suddenly you have found their form better late than never really yeah but i still think that is falcons and i don't think there's enough momentum there what with yes they're getting guys back from suspension but at the same time there's an there's quite a few tricky games coming up um further down the easiest part of their schedule you know they played casey and stuff like that games they should have won and then been comfortable with the fact that okay guys we had a, we now got our suspended people back now we can really start to make a push know they failed they messed up at the beginning and now they're really trying to chase tails and i think
0: maybe a little too late it kind of comes back to what you're saying about new orleans and about how they're a big offensive team and i didn't really want to admit it towards the start of the season but after what i saw against tampa bay and and the fact that josh freeman had over 400 yards passing they went 21 nil up was it 21 nil up they went yes yep before the saints decided to pull their fingers out and start coming back and again Led by Drew Brees and the offence. Coming back to 28 points. And then and again, this was another close one. It was a
1: seven-point game again. I mean, yeah. it all came down. I mean, Tampa had that drive and they just broke
0: down. And literally it failed. If memory serves, there was the slightly controversial play at the end where the Saints defender pushed... Yes, the push Mike Williams out of the, the, the zone. And of course,
1: the readings are that... Any player who is forced out is allowed to reinsert themselves into the player game, of course they can't be the first to then touch the ball, whereas the ruling isn't very clear on whether the end zone has a very specific of course being boarded on two sides. Um, the side sideline to the end zone prerogative, you know, if you're getting forcibly pushed out of that, that tightened window which is the end zone is there a chance for you to re-establish
0: if you re-establish both feet and then become a valid receiver straight away? See, there is. I had I checked out after the game. The explanation for it was during normal play. If you get forced out, yes, you can re-establish yourself. But the reason why there was no flag is because once the quarterback is scrambling outside the pocket, all bets are off. So because Freeman had scrambled outside of the pocket into towards the sideline, regardless of whether the receiver gets pushed out or he makes his own way out he's then becomes ineligible to touch it when he comes back into play hence where there was no touchdown no flag so was it a smart play by the Saints defender seeing Freeman out or did he just get incredibly lucky at the end of that game uh absolutely I mean what get back to us on what you think guys do you think it
1: was lucky do you think it was on the other hand this is just smart play was it Roman Harper was it It might have been, yeah. Who is a very good, one of the very good um, defensive players, actually, on, few, few defensive players, I might say, on that uh, New Orleans defence.
0: Let us know at... By emailing us, bullhawksnest at gmail.com, by tweeting me at Adrie or, of course, using the feedback form at the bottom of the page. I mean, there was a game... This week that was quite close to my heart and also managed to sway my decision for my Megatron award winner this week of offensive impact player. My offensive impact player of the week this week, the Buffalo Bills defence. Now I know you may all be a little bit confused by that but with how many yards and points they leaked this week and they just threw away that game. Yes, there were some, some bad decisions by, by both Chan Gailey and also by Fitzpatrick when he threw an interception late in the game. But still, the defence just gave and gave and gave, resulting in that final touchdown with, with a minute left. It was just killer to lose to the Tennessee Titans at home by a single point. It was, it was criminal. I mean, what do you think?
1: It was a shootout game, wasn't it? I mean,
0: it was kind of,
1: you know... Can someone make a call um, and try and find where these defences were? Because they did not turn up. They missed their flight or something. I don't know what it was. Both sides of the ball could not really contain. There's some flashes of, uh, you know, greatness. Again, both teams had the, the occasional flashes where it was like, oh, the defence is here. I've seen college teams with better defences sort of turn up on the day. I mean, you're sitting there going, this is an NFL defence. You know, it just, you were, they were kind of lucky in some respects that they, they, they got to play teams almost of the same offensive calibre. Yes. Where if you imagine this was happening to say against, say, a Patriots or Packers, um, we're talking, or uh, a Saints of a highly uh, regarded offensive unit. I don't think, I don't suppose anyone remembers the old Tennessee Titans taking on um, Patriots a few years ago in the snow. Was that Yeah, the
0: 2009. 52 0, was it, or something? 59 0, I believe it was.
1: 59 0. I mean, you could have seen something like that. It was literally, no way could I have seen anything positive. I mean, talk about being in the film room the next day about the good points of the game that's a 30 second snippet now what we need to work on hell you're there for the rest of the day
0: yeah and coming back to what you're saying about college defenses, a team again close to my heart Notre Dame they've got a great young linebacker in Tao who I believe will be eligible for the draft this year I would love Buffalo to sign talent like that as well as pay, well it doesn't pay me to say any more ditching our defensive coordinator I think it's time unfortunately for wants to, to stand down because in this league I'm sorry if you don't get pressure you don't get results you've got to blitz I'm going to keep harping on about it because yes it's yes so folks true. yes folks we're back on this subject <laughs> I know you're now going to turn
1: over we will install a fast forward feature this week just for this pretenses keep up with us
0: we will be back shortly to normal viewing But moving back to Tao, he is a great talent. Yes, he is. I have seen a few clips, yeah. He's really holding that Notre Dame defence together, making lots of big plays, inserting a talent like that alongside Nick Barnett, who, let's not forget, has won a Super Bowl. How are people of this sort of calibre not performing? I think it has to come down to a scheme and not being motivated correctly.
1: Yes, I think a lot of time it would be whether players themselves, I mean, they'll know whether they want to play or not. I mean, coming down to do you bring your a game or you know are you cheekily just gonna ride by on a b or c game you know it's 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 the determination to actually want to win. you feel like you can win you you know you put that extra bit of pressure and you put that extra bit of force. It seems now there's a few teams that especially the The old um, chin downitis you know you get a couple of scores behind, and then the old chin starts to super glue itself to the chest, shall we say you know yeah. a bit of
0: chin downitis there, as soon as the players start to go, we know that we know the fans start to go, yeah. especially at home. the stadium starts to get quiet the offense the opposing offense can start to run any plays they want without too many communication problems, and it's just a big knock on effect, so that's what I'm going to say for now, so you're quite lucky, I think you've got about a minute there of buffalo rant. But so this and now I'm going to hand over to Marcus for his awards of this week. And we're back. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to start this week kind of moving, using that to push through my awards. I'm going to start with our offensive impact players. Player. And starting up with my... Uh, Second place, also close this week, is Mr. Randall Cobb of the Green Bay Packers. Wide receiver, running back sort of man. Kick return. Everything. find a punt
0: return, anything you can think of. That's why I had this guy as
1: second place. I didn't put him as first, and I'll explain why you'll see in a second. But the guy, you know, he put 19 yards on the ground off one carry. You know, a 19-yard run is impressive. 89 through the air, through I think it's only about six catches, two touchdowns, kick returns. The guy's all over the ball. Everywhere you see, he seems to be touching the ball. And he made a great difference. I mean, against against the Rams, it seemed that he was the man they didn't account for. Now they seemed they they account for Jordan Nelson, but he he could break down. and He did what he needed to do. Um, quite games from um, likes of Jones and the running back Green and stuff like that. A few names that they managed to sort of clamp down on. But of yep. course, then that just gave Cobb absolute perfect chance to just coming through and just dominate that, being that extra man they weren't looking for.
0: Yeah, it's only his second year as well in the NFL. Let's not forget that. So he's 22 years old, yeah. Making a hell of an impact oh, yeah. in his second season. And he obviously does have the advantage of having a great quarterback behind him who we've slated him, I know, well, I personally have slated him earlier in the year as well as EJ Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he was listening to Spitball, I don't know. But it seems as though the more we slated him the last couple of weeks, now he's starting to kick back into form. Well, there you go. I think it was also the way he's
1: used within schemes as well. He's kind of used. Sometimes as that Wes Welker guy, he uses the um, the extra back in the Switch system. They don't tend to run much options, so he tends to any of the sort of bootleg out stuff, he'll tend to work that for the system because you know Rogers isn't going to run that himself. Um, so he, he seems to have found a niche being the sort of jack of all trades for the, the Packers. And you know what? Kudos to him. You're not my first place, but you're getting your honourable mention, your silver medal this week, mate. So if two touchdowns doesn't win impact player, what does? You're going to hate me right now, but I'm going to give Mr. Megatron Award this week is to a Mr. Chris uh, Johnson. I think we can call him C2K this week because, let's face it, all fantasy owners across the country who've had this guy as a complete and utter bust this week, you you, you got down on your knees
0: and you just you you wept because he finally turned up, people! Especially if you listen to NFL.com who said he would only get four and a half points. However, myself, who did pick him up a few weeks ago... When, ah, he's up against a really bad Buffalo defense this week. Let's play him. 195 yards and two touchdown ladies, and a couple more
1: in the air. This is back to normality. Thank you. It's been a while. I mean, he's really struggled, and I think the reason was the offensive line isn't the C2K year. No. It's also he's not in the same parameters as that C2K year, with the fact is, you know, he's still not quite as healthy as he was. So there's been a few niggles and stuff like that, and he's come back,
0: and it's not quite shone the way he used to shine. Maybe more of an onus now on the passing game, now they've got Hasselbeck as well, who's not too shoddy a quarterback. No,
1: he hasn't too shoddy. You've seen the way he's he's really sort of put in the last couple of games. He's really worked them. Now, um, I don't know how long uh, Locker's going to be out for, I don't know the extent of the injury, but I think that they're quite safely knowing that now, getting a, a ground game running and Hasselbeck behind uh, as trigger man, I think they're comfortable there. But uh, it was lovely to see him come out. I'm sorry it was against uh, the Bills, but it, it was a very good statement day for him. And that is why you are the Megatron Award winner, my friend, Mr. Chris Johnson.
0: Well played, sir. And thank you very much for the 30-odd points you scored for my fantasy team. Yes. That kind of just makes up for the fact that... Uh,
1: the Bills are crap. Exactly. Right.
0: right. Moving swiftly on.
1: Swiftly <laughs> on now. Now we're going to go to the other side of the ball. We're going to flip it over and go to the defence impact.
0: Players!
1: Players! There you are. So, I'm going to start again with my silver medalist. Also close for this gentleman right now, and that is Jonathan Joseph, Texan Cornerback. Cornerback, Absolutely, Number 24. Yeah, guy absolutely had another great day. He's been doing this all year. I mean, I think we don't talk about them enough, but he had four tackles. He had an interception, which he returned 52 yards for a score. I mean, this is against the Ravens. Who we didn't really see this expect this sort of breakdown to happen this week. It no, was, not with their coach and staff, not with their players. It, it seemed very, very unraven-like to suddenly have that bigger breakdown. It seemed to be completely off the plan. I don't know what happened, but throw that playbook away from this week because it's not working. Let's uh, go back and try uh, something new this week. I think, but you couldn't couldn't knock the defense because they put in a heck of a game.
0: Yeah, so and as you say, with Joseph getting the the mention there, because a lot of talk at the moment is that the newly named J J Swat is getting a lot well, of the attention. <laughs> I have to admit, is the fact that this ball that he did intercept
1: was tipped by Mister J J Watt. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, you know, you, you there is the premise there that that the entire defense. I think it seems to be the the ethos that's running there in um, in Houston at the moment. Texas, uh, great defense. And uh, it's 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 got the the very much the thunder the thunder ground game. It's very Smash Mouth. I love it. You know you've got uh, Schaub in there who can throw it. You got Andre Johnson, but it seems to be a, a lot more that they're controlling the game because they're using a lot more of the Titan Owen Daniels. So it's less West Coast, more just a nice controlled ground game first, pass game second type offense, which is just supporting this. Um, this role of the
0: defence you would almost say 49er-esque from last year because yeah. Alex Smith had such a great year he was managing the game which is perhaps what they're asking now Matt Sharp to do because you've got Arian Foster running back yeah, he... you've got the weapons there to use if you, if you need but when you can control the game on defence like they can despite losing Cushing now for um, mm, we're yeah. not sure how long he's have potentially the season.
1: Maybe, maybe. They I do, think he might come back, especially if they're going to have a playoff run. I think he'll want to come back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And losing Mario Williams, but they played without him <sighs> last yeah. year anyway, and showed that even without Mario Williams, they can, they can, can still get by. So yeah,
1: but yeah, he's not going to be the
0: 300, 350
1: yards every game Drew Brees type quarterback, you know. But I think he understands his role, and we've seen him also be that Hardy quarterback the team needs. He's taking the shots. Uh, I think it was two or three weeks ago, we saw that big headshot where... Oh, he had a
0: bust on the side of a head. Yeah, the yeah, helmet, yeah, yeah,
1: big. And again, just one play, stitch me up, coach, and I'm back in. So, again, he's got the right mental attitude that they love in, uh, in Texas, which is the
0: sort of like, yeah, you know, you have to cut my leg off before I'll stop playing football. Absolutely. So... Who wins the offensive impact player this week? Defensive impact player. So this, Sorry, is, this Sorry, was, is, was Jonathan Joseph, wasn't it? Yeah. So. So, so this is our winner of the Ray
1: Lewis Award. That's our defensive impact player. And this is going to go to... I don't think anyone... Uh, We'll think of this one, but I've gone for Brian Robinson of the Minnesota Vikings.
0: As your defensive... My defensive impact player winner, Mr. Ray Lewis for the week. Ah, my apologies. I thought we were going with Joseph, or was he another one? No, he was, he was my second place, second place.
1: Six, silver medalist, he was. No, we our winner, Mr. Ray Lewis for the week, Brian Robinson, Minnesota Vikings. Really? Yes. reason why I wanted to bring light to this was because I think the Vikings have come back to a Vikings defence. And the reason behind that is that a lot of players that we don't normally associate and talk about a lot have stepped up. This guy against, okay, it is the Arizona Cardinals, but seven tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble. That's causing a lot of trouble for the trigger man on the other side of the field. Can Remember, was it Cobb or did they go for Skelton this week?
0: Uh, they were with Skelton. I think Skelton, Skelton. came back this week. Yeah, really, Skelton's injured.
1: Really troubling him this week. I mean, alone to get three sacks is great in a game. Seven tackles, creating that forced fumble. I mean, they were just having problems. You know, Arizona just couldn't really get their groove running until sort of late in the game where I think kind of Minnesota started to switch off. But this guy, I was watching a couple of highlights off the off the defensive line and, and the Vikings really have gone back to that, what we... What we Associated a couple of years ago when they were in winning form. Yeah, with Jared Allen. Um, yeah, Allen and you had um, who was the two? Was it the brothers inside? I can't remember the Williams brothers. Yeah, they? yeah inside. They used to have those. Yeah. And then they'd have when AP first came out of the league, and literally that's what they were doing. They were just running the ball, and then the defense was stopping the opponent. So that's what they were doing, and it was beautiful to see because that's what we like to see out of the Purple People he is Absolutely, and Peterson as well. but back to potentially near his best this week. That's, yeah, absolutely. 100, uh, 153 yards and a touchdown. It was great to see him rumbling and bumbling through opponents' defences. And it was just great because it seemed much more controlled, much more all-rounded sort of Minnesota. I mean, there were a few problems again still. I think Ponder still hasn't quite worked out where he, he, he's going to work it to. Percy Harvin, of course, is still that great surefire offensive weapon, kind of oh, like a Ram- yeah. Randall Cobb where he's always touching the ball. He's he's their jack of all trades, the Mr. Reliable but it was just great And this guy I just suddenly saw I kept seeing highlights where he's getting sacked And I just think this guy deserves it And it was the right attitude And attitude of course as we know Is one thing that belongs with a Ray Lewis award
0: Absolutely and congratulations to Robinson there But while we're on the Vikings There's one player who Again he's not a very well known player at Maybe outside of Minnesota And possibly Buffalo Because that's where he went from Buffalo But Antoine Winfield Oh what a game yeah Ten tackles and, and inception. Yeah, it's not just this game. I mean, this season, he's been a consistent performer for mm-hmm. that defence. Yes. If you ask any Minnesota fans, they'll tell you one person who plays their heart out every week, always performing, always getting the tackles. Now, I think he might even be the tackle leader for the Vikings as well at cornerback. Possibly, possibly. I mean, he's kind of like the, um, the Woodson of
1: the Green Bay Packers, you know? Yeah. He's constantly in there. And or the sort of the Rondé Barber of the Tampa—they've been around forever, but the guys are still doing it. And you're sitting there going, cornerback is one of those difficult positions where you tend to, like wide receiver, you tend to burn out quick, and then your legs start to lose you, and then you're normally either demoted to a safety position, or if you're lucky, you're on the special teams. If not, you know, there's uh, there's there's you can always hop the board into Canadian Football Arena League, depending on you know how low will you go. Yeah, um, Mr. Owens, Terrell Owens, how low will you go? But it seems to be that there's, there's a couple of names that are floating around that are still doing it. And you're like, these guys are really putting in years beyond their measure. Yeah, Rondé Barber as well, as you say. I mean, yes, the guys now finally, only this season, switched to safety. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, you look at safety, he's got some great figures this year. Safety, I know that Tampa defence is really leaky, but as far as the secondary go, there's only about one or two names on there that you'd actually... You could actually sit there and go, well, they're actually having an okay to good season. The rest of them are sitting there going, guys, seriously, think about what playing for your contracts now. You know, you want to put food on that
0: table. You guys, you better start turning up on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. I think some great choices there. And and just finally to finish off on the um, awards front, you have the Team Performance of the Week award. Do you have anyone in mind for that? Yes, I do
1: have someone in mind for this. And basically, for a Team of the Week performance. I must admit, it had to come back to me for... It was a sense that I, I almost in one way believed that they could have done it. And then, of course, they didn't get away with it. And I actually want to vote for
0: a, a non-winning team this week. And that is the Washington Redskins. Wow, that's a, a bold bold choice there for a team performance of the week. What what brings you to that conclusion? Uh, what brings me to the
1: conclusion is the way the team is starting to go. I mean, this is against what we'd say is a very good coming back from you know retaining Super Bowl champions... Um, New York Giants. They don't look. The Giants don't look like they've lost any luster or anything like that. What are they free and free and uh, is it the Redskins? Redskins yeah, three and thirteen last year. Oh, the Redskins. Yeah, they had a 12, very bad record. I mean, a really bad year. I mean, there's still some defensive questions where they they tend to give up too many yards, and the secondary is easily burnt, as we saw against Cruz due to them. But it seemed to be for a lot here of of that. T- uh, period of that game it was it was blow for blow RG3 this guy I'm completely enamoured with him because to be honest for me he's absolutely brilliant I think he's really lifting that team he's lifting that city as well with the um, the fact is they haven't had much to cheer about for the last couple of years and the fact is he's got his weapons in there Hankerson's starting to turn out they've got that Morris guy who's come again another rookie who's just suddenly he was 6th Alfred sixth, Morris yep yeah. Six, back. Yeah, really low ra- ranked sort of um, yeah, draft, round, probably, and you're sitting there going, they're making it work, and it's just like uh, it's uh, brilliant to watch. I enjoy watching the Redskins because literally, I want to see RG three do his thing. I want to see Morris Rumble and Bumble. I want to see these these young um... receivers like Garcon. Yeah, Garcon. That's it. Thank you. I could not think of his name for the life of it. Uh, Garcon, Hankerson. Um, of course, you've still got the vet in Santana Moss.
0: He's starting to show himself in the last he is couple of weeks. He's starting to show himself.
1: I mean, he is actually down that, as that fourth receiver. I mean, he's underneath Morgan, but the way Morgan keeps um, screwing up with throwing penalties away to win games, you know, Santana Moss might just hopscotch him to get third receiver back. But it's, it's it seems there's a few defensive names. I love the fire of is it um, D'Angelo Hall was it yes yeah, yeah the cornerback oh, every single t- he was with the the Giants players he was getting in their faces it was it was divisional you could tell it was divisional because literally from about the second play he'd brought some guy down and it was grill to grill chipping 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 at each other it was brilliant you've got Fletcher still there doing his thing I'm. Mean, yeah. It's I, you're sitting there going rooting them on and for me that really made me just really as a team performance though they didn't win I wanted them to win over the Giants and not just because of the manning but it's actually because I just thought these guys look so much better so after
0: week 7 RG3 Andrew Luck who's had the bigger impact RG3 RG3 it says Andrew Luck is going to be a great
1: quarterback not denying that Okay, and you can see that he's already started to put wins together, you know, beat the Browns, you know, controlled that game. But again, RG3, you're sitting there and watching him. You could imagine him doing stuff like upsetting the Giants and stuff that just invigorates you. I think, um, again, anyone else out there, who do you think? I'm personally, I'm I'm
0: in camp, you know, I'm in camp uh, Griffin, you know? Yeah, I'm standing by what I said at the start of the season, and that is particularly in the first year, I think RG3 will have, will be more successful luck potentially career wise will end up having the better numbers but I think RG3 will have more of an impact on his team mm. this year yeah absolutely but th- let us know what you think guys tweet me at Adrian Mallows leave some feedback at the bottom of the page drop us an email ballhawksnest at com.
1: yeah I mean that's also another good thing we could go to there's at the moment there's a an election going on in Washington let's have a are you on uh Team
0: Luck, or are you on Team Griffin? Let's see if we can count up the numbers and see who would Who'd be the winner win? next week. That sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. And something I just want to throw out there is a little something new. In line with my good friend Eli Manning, you have to mention him, it's kind of traditional. I, I've created a new award in my head, whether it's good or bad. Another award, you <laughs> say? Another award, the people at home? Exactly. It seems to be a bit of a theme this year, so... If you're getting bored we love, of awards... We love giving out awards. We do, but if you're getting bored of awards and you want me to try something new, you've got any ideas, you know how to contact us now, so feel free. Otherwise, the awards will just keep clocking up, as will the Bills talk. So, back to Eli Manning. <laughs> a Manning Moment of the Week Award. Now, this award goes to someone who, in true Eli fashion, has been a bit of a klutz, a bit of a clown's shoes, someone who's had a really poor moment, whether it be like a... A clear dropped catch. Like, I'm not going to say Stevie Johnson from a couple of years ago. More, say, Welker in the Super Bowl kind of moment. You know, where perhaps there's a catch they should have made. They have a drop or fumble kicks in. It could be a quarterback that just consistently overthrows their receivers. That kind of performance. What do you think? Well, I'm afraid it's got to go back.
1: I know we've talked about this game low today. But Santana Moss, mate, I mean... You look at the way he catches it in space, he goes for the maximum protection, and still, literally, there's some butter or something like that on there, because it should have, he could have at least, he could have just gone down, taken the yardage, they were in great, nice little, I think it was a nice little eight-yard gain he would have just, like, snuck in there, but no, whoop, out that comes, and it was just, it was the the whole fault. For- point that he just going to score the touchdown to get them back in there he was working on the draw, the, the new drive to get them into the, the scoring zone and it's ah no it was just complete um, hero to zero and I think
0: that's got to be that's got to be worth a, 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 a klutz moment hasn't it absolutely so commiserations slash congratulations to Santanamos of the Washington Redskins for being the inaugural Eli Manning moment of the week award uh, you guys win something Get in, makes a change. Winning something from the Giants. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> is it too soon? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so moving, let's try and finish off now. Sorry, obviously, we're we'll running a little bit of time. So finishing off, looking ahead to next week's games. Mm. Your swing, swing of the week.
1: Ah, right. So we're going to go into my swing of the week now. So swings of the week. Well, I've got two that I want to talk about this week. First one is of course we've just been talking about this week being a big um, divisional round. And I think this upcoming week as well has got some great clashes
0: with Miami versus New York
1: Jets.
0: Wow, yeah, another AFC East. Not so much Clash of the Titans, but... Yeah, but I honestly think
1: these guys could really sort of egg out a sort of potential playoff um, berth. So therefore, I mean, the way you look at the, the division, all sort of, everyone's very tightly packed. So therefore, I think there's going to be a lot of... Uh, room for them to move and I actually like a swing in the direction of Miami
0: that would please a lot of Miami fans and I actually saw a tweet earlier this week which said if the season ended after this week's games Miami would actually make the playoffs absolutely and you know what I actually I fancy Miami getting either
1: that 5th or 6th 6th place in the, the playoffs honestly do that 5th or 6th seed I do fancy them to get that. Um, it's not a great swing over the um, the Giants... Um, Giant? Whoops. The Jets this week. But I, I still fancy maybe a 70-30 swing. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be complete domination. I just fancy that the way they they control the ball more... I think that the defence is great to stop Sean Green. I think it will stop all that Tebow nonsense straight out, out, out of the way, straight away. And, uh, and then they're going to have to force Sanchez to throw the ball. And then, of course... only good things could happen with that
0: yeah absolutely um i think well swing of the week for myself that i've got a few things in mind as well first one being seattle at detroit Mm. now bearing in mind the close loss they had against the 49ers this week and how good they're playing at the moment i can see seattle actually winning that game albeit away from home oh yes i can see i can see a definite swing in seattle's favor there especially with not only are they in good form at the moment, but they have the backing of the Madden cover curse on Megatron, aka Calvin Johnson so Which of course we discussed last week, which either we do or don't believe in. It's real. It's damn real. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel the Seattle will have a bit a swing there. I'm going I'm gonna go seventy thirty actually, I think, yeah. for Seattle there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold statement there. And an even bolder statement. I'm going Cleveland over San Diego. Wow, Cleveland over San Diego. Explain your your reasoning behind that. Well, with the way they've been making some plays, some performances. Trent Richardson, he's shown gl- uh, glimpses this year. Especially, let's not forget against the Giants, they went 14 points up. Again, this time they were away from sorry that time they were away from home in the Meadowlands obvious the Giants were going to come back they are a Super Bowl calibre team as we've already discussed San Diego they blew a lead against Denver last week oh yeah they're not having the greatest of seasons anyway It, especially as well with all of this cheating scandal that's coming out this week I'm not sure how much you've you've seen about that it's not really been any specifics about what it is they're supposedly to have cheated on but Phillips has come out and said well there's, I've seen lots of cheating going on but you don't know whether he's talking about the rest of the league whether he he's talking about the team. It's so there's a big scandal and a big sort of doom and gloom over San Diego. So that's why Another think, NFL scandal you say? Another one, yeah. How did that happen? Under Goodall's watch, that would never happen. But that's why I think Cleveland, they're due a big game and a big win, and I think they could pull it off this week against San Diego with Trent Richardson running for over 100 yards, scoring two touchdowns. Wow, that's not bad. Which leaves me to finish off with my last swing, I guess. Swing, swing. And that is going to be... Ready? I'm ready. Patriots-Rams in Wembley! Oh, yeah. And I, I know someone who who's going to that game. I think, isn't your dad going? <laughs> yes, my dad is going. <laughs> because, of course, what you've got being a Rams fan
1: and the fact they've been to the last five, how could I not then fork out to uh, come and see the Rams come and play, even though it is only going to be for one year and not the four repetitive years, which made, had me jumping for joy.
0: Absolutely. Only you jumping for joy. I was a little bit... Absolutely. Before the start of the season, to be fair, actually I was like, Rams, meh... But now... Well, you've
1: got, you've got a, a four and three Patriots taking on a three and four Rams. And you know what i like to see this week? I'm actually going to see, with the, the way the weather forecast is looking out, I actually favour the Rams in this because of the better run game because you've got the the likes of Jackson and the new the new boy Darrell Richardson yeah. who I think is going to uh, again impact more, you've seen that Bradford doesn't really have much of a throwing game, he has been controlling this year and that's about it the defence has stepped up, Jeff Fisher's is going to like the idea of trying to shut down Brady on all his inside sort of leverage with Welker and Hernandez Gronk um, duo, so what you call it? the weather hopefully playing to us Rams advantage, so I'm actually going to go and I know this, is, this isn't Amazingly, but I'm going to go 55 45 to the Rams, which I think we're going to get another one score game differential wise. Yeah, in uh, I think we're looking around about the 24 21 mark. A really close game, then I think honestly, it's going to be a really close game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a kick literally by Greg of the Leg sir line in the last couple of seconds to win the game for the Rams.
0: How do you think the Rams are going to cope with the atmosphere? Because I've been to a couple of the Wembley games myself, and it seems as though the home team isn't always the home team, if that makes sense. No, no. I have... This year, you're obviously
1: up against the Patriots. Patriots, and the Patriots got a huge following in the UK. Yes, I know. It's going to it's going be pretty much going to be another Patriots game, because, of course, with Patriots' success in the early 2000s, when the game reassembled itself this side of the pond and actually got the following to, to, to re-kickstart itself, Patriots were on top people when they generally don't know much about the game they will just vote for uh, not vote for they will follow the the winning team so that early dominance in the the noughties for the Patriots have given them a great following over here and of course then you've got all the other dynasty people so you've got great Miami you've got a great um, 49er following this side of Chicago those sort of the dynasty the legacy teams Uh, Dallas is another one which has a great legacy. So therefore, again, they have a great following this side of the pond. So Watchcourt is probably going to be a a Pats game with basically Rams affiliation all around Wembley. Um, But I think it's going to be a great, great atmosphere. Um, Like I said, Watchcourt, I think the weather's going to play a part to it because, you know, it's crazy, it's going to be cold, it's going to be wet and damp. And I think it's just going to, I think it might... If if what they're saying is true and that we we should have um, scattered chows throughout the night, then probably I think we're gonna get a repeat of the original. Was it two thousand five? with the original Super Bowl? Uh, no no the first original um, Wembley game oh, sorry, where we yeah. had um, dolphins and giants, which basically turned Wembley into a quagmire where it was just the pitch t- uh, ground up. Um, the weather just couldn't hold itself, and literally it became a run heavy game. Yeah. Uh, back when we had Cleo Lemon throwing for um the uh the Min- uh Miami Dolphins so that was another reason why it became a run heavy game
0: bearing in mind it's a, a Rams home game what are the chances of them closing the roof to make it a dome i, I honestly
1: i don't i don't see that happening um i think one of the reasons that they'll ha- they'll keep wembley open is because um wembley is I mean, it depends. If we have the substan- I think if the substantial rain is from the beginning on Sunday, uh, though it's not supposed to really cause a problem until uh, Sunday night, coming into the early hours of Monday morning. So we might miss the most of the rain because the kickoff time, um, the rain's not supposed to be there nine o'clock. I'm not gonna be a weather guy because now I realise that I'm boring myself, so therefore boring the people on the podcast. So we shall call it a day there. Um, but we hope you- Rams, I'm rooting for you, and even if I'm the only Rams fan there. I will be screaming the loudest. And I would like to see a picture of you with another Rams fan. <laughs> that's a, um, but, yes, and if I see you, Mr. Jackson, what do you call it? You owe me one autograph. Remember that. You owe me one autograph.
0: Yeah, that's going back to the fan day, which we'll maybe discuss another, another time. Another time. But thank you very much for listening. We've enjoyed it as always. Absolutely. Remember to get in touch. Email us, bullhawksnest at gmail.com. Tweet me at Adrie Mallows or leave some feedback at the bottom of the page. Until next week, enjoy Wembley, my friend, and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Sayonara.